Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Great News with Kevin and Mike. Woo! We look for a positive... Do you want to do that again? Okay. We look for positive stories because when you watch the news, there's nothing but negativity. And so we bring you heartwarming stories that you will feel better about humanity after you listen to them. Because we're enlightened. We don't fall prey to exploiting your inner desires for negativity and divisiveness. No, no, no. We rise above. Okay. Forget what we he said. We bring you positive, uplifting, happy I have two. Hold on. <clears throat> Three, two, intro. Show's about to begin, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, say hello to, happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Perfectly. Thanks. Well done. I have two COVID stories that are both good. Okay, explain. There is a group of uh, nano engineers at UC San Diego. Yeah, I know that's your hobby. That's what I do on the side, yes. And they have discovered, you know how pregnancy test works? Not familiar, no. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to have to explain it. Um, uh, I mean, well, yeah, the it turn, urination? Uh-huh, and it okay. turns a color. So these guys have come up with a little strip that you can put in your mask. And it, when you come in contact with mostly COVID air, they change color. And you go, oh. I just walked through an area where there was heavy COVID. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So you just put it in your mask and you just walk around as usual. Good for them. And then when it changes colors, you know, hey, this is a place where somebody has COVID and maybe I should avoid it. And also <laughs> you might be pregnant. Hold, Both. Hold, hold on. <laughs> hold on. What are we doing? <laughs> that was just the first half of the first story. Hey, mira. Hey, Rudy. Hey, hey, for like, um, I was, I was kicking back for listening, right? You know, to the show, and I heard your story about the mask. Uh huh. You put a little strip on it, and it tells you a strip, you know, and like it, the air, it can sense it. For do you think they can make like uh, underwears for ladies, so you know if like there's gonorrhea or like um some syphilis or you know what I'm saying. I mean, so it, like the 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 the, the panocha, right, like right, the fumes, right. We understand, and then the, it'll turn <laughs> the fumes, <laughs> or like the homoctins or whatever the. I don't think you know, the nano, it'll, it'll like it'll make the chones turn like you know red. You could be like, oh, red means stop. I don't think you the know, uh, and, nano engineers at UC San Diego are gonna work on that one anytime soon. May, maybe they are now, fool. You because. Can go for it. Yeah, I go for the ladies too. You know, you like boxer shorts. You know that that turn black if there's like you know schmeg or any type of like <laughs> speed bump. You know what I'm saying? Like some speed bump, you would not want to. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they'll get to work on both of those ideas. All right, dog. Hey, now that you brought them in, the bees, the are, bees are dying. <laughs> yes, they are. Just that's you know. a problem. But this is great news. This is not the bees are dying news. Also, uh, for part two of the COVID news, check out this video. Check this. The multiple sclerosis may have accidentally emerged from the horrors of the coronavirus pandemic. Scientists who created the successful COVID jab have discovered the same vaccine, mRNA, improved symptoms in animal trials. 
It also prevented disease progression in rodents showing early signs of MS. Findings have excited leading MS researchers, creating hope that future developments will offer a similar protection in people suffering the disease. A possible cure for multiple sclerosis. That's... I mean, that's truly groundbreaking. They stumbled onto it, the same thing, the mRNA that they use for the vaccines. Yeah. It literally can, and they haven't done any human trials yet, but it literally, in mice, has stopped the progression of MS and has re given them some of their function that they lost. That's miraculous. Yeah, and, and as is the case so often with really high-level science, you're going for one thing and you stumble across something else, you know, groundbreaking. So that, that truly is revolutionary. And I have to admit, two COVID stories that are positive. Great news. Very well done. Yes. Um, your kid's being bullied. That's got to be one of the hardest things to deal with, you know, just knowing that your kid is suffering. Um, so one dad acknowledged that his son was suffering from being bullied. And it was because he was really passionate about dancing. Now, if you're a boy and you're young and you dance, that's we can all kind of assume yeah, sure. it's going to be rough. Um, so this dad, I think, did something really remarkable. Check it out. Dancing on the stage is very exhilarating to show your expressions through movement. Sixteen-year-old Jimmy Long has been dancing competitively since he was six years old. But two years ago, his passion for dance was momentarily challenged by some teasing audience members during a performance at a local school. Some of the students were like saying derogatory comments and uh, some slurs. The comments thrown at Jimmy and the other male dancers were homophobic slurs. Jimmy's dad, Greg Long, drove Jimmy and his friends home after the incident and the new motto for their dance troupe was born. The phrase itself, dance on, how was that born? I got to listen to how uh, eight or nine, uh, 12 year olds processed bigotry, uh, homophobia. Instead of getting uh, angry, I decided to make just a t-shirt for them. I came up with, hey, we're just gonna dance on. You know, we're just gonna move past this. Two years from those first t-shirts, Dance On, now a full-fledged nonprofit organization that has sold thousands of shirts and other Dance On apparel. All of the proceeds have gone directly to scholarships for financially at-need dancers. You turn those homophobic slurs that were being hurled at your son uh, into quite a bit of good. It really was just saying, hey, you don't stop because somebody feels that you shouldn't be doing that. And even if it doesn't become your career, um, it, it does become your experience and, and it fuels everything in life. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. In 2018, Greg's son Jimmy was invited to Chicago's United Center Arena to share the anti-bullying message of Dance On before former First Lady Michelle Obama took the stage for the launch of her Becoming Book Tour. I'm becoming an advocate for anti-bullying and I love to dance. When you were standing backstage, what, what was going through your mind? I, I lost it. I admittedly had tears coming down my face. The strength that it takes for somebody like that to stand in front of 20,000 people and say, I've been bullied and I'm not going to let it um, stop me from what I like to do. It's a proud moment. It's a proud moment. Sorry, getting a little emotional. 
How could it not be I, uh, a proud moment? I definitely couldn't have done this without my dad. He helped me realize a lot of important lessons, like stay true to yourself. And he just is super supportive. Part of that support has been organizing master classes and events with professional male dancers who often share their own stories of being bullied. They've also helped the group by choreographing conceptual dance videos that amplify their message of acceptance and tolerance. It's been a very humbling experience for me, especially since I don't know the world that he lives in. So it's been nice to, to kind of um, be a part of that as opposed to just being the dad who claps very loudly in the back of the, of the, of the auditorium. It's All a right. testament we, to we, uh, we, we have enough of this story, but I, I need to say this. You're not as good a dad as he is. I'm not. But you know, honestly, I think what's so remarkable about that is like, you know, you, you have children, Kevin. And if you assume or you find out that they're being bullied or harassed, especially for something as serious as like maybe racism or bigotry or homophobia. I think everyone's initial feeling is like, well, I'm going to go get those. Kids. Yes. Who do I need to beat up? Right. And um and then you see the sixth grader that's a stolen. It's like Brock Lesnar. Um, but, but then you know, this guy took it into consideration and did something positive with what he was being bullied for. I think it's beautiful. Also, I will say this. As a man who was thrown into the world of dance on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah, you were. Make fun all you want. There's very few things in the world where you're going to be surrounded with the most fit women and men regardless of what you're into all the time and they they're instructed since they're kids to use their body to express themselves it's really a great idea if you know you could throw the homophobic slurs you could do whatever you want to do in reality it is one of the greatest uh forays into poontang that there might be in the world <laughs> so there I you go i saw forays into poontang at the at the true, they're, they're a progressive band, but I like them. Um, I went to interview Mike when he was on Dancing with the Stars, and I walked away thinking, "Thank God that's not me. That's really hard. What you were do you were working really hard." Yeah, yeah, but it was easier when you don't care how good you do. Sure, it's you know what I'm saying? Like, I honestly like, it's like that kind of dedication that has set you apart from most people <laughs> like the Kirstie Alley's and the Heinz Ward and Ralph Macchio who were on my they, they work they were really passionate about it. they yeah. worked so hard and I was always like hey what's going on over there guys talking to the cameraman and like flirting with everyone so you know. <laughs> all right how are you doing at home for now almost a year with your daughter uh, there's been absolute ups and downs, but I think we've come away from it about as, as good as we possibly can. How old is she? Six. Six years old. My story is also about a six-year-old. Nice. And his mom decided that he was really having a hard time, so she bought him a kid-friendly joke book. Very nice. Now, when you say kid-friendly, it means bad. Those are bad yeah, jokes. Yeah, it's Doug Stanhope's book. Uh, go check, <laughs> no, go no, check no. it out. <laughs> and apparently, he was trying them out on his mom and dad for six months. Oh, dude. And there were only 16 or 17 jokes in there. I'm not positive. I tried to figure out from the story why there's an or. Like, is one of them not even a joke? I don't know. But oh. there were only 16 or 17 of them, and he was doing them on his parents for six months. Oh, I feel their pain so much. Then he started talking about how he missed his neighbors. He missed the kids in the neighborhood. Okay. So 
His mom said, ah, kill two birds with one stone. I'll get this kid to stop telling me jokes. Okay. And she built a little joke stand at the end of the driveway. She foisted. Yes. She foisted the burden onto the neighbor. Yes. Yes, okay. Genius. <laughs> so they set up this little stand, and this kid would just sit there for a couple of hours, and if anyone stopped, he would tell them one of his bad jokes. That's sweet. That for actually, free. Yeah. You want to hear one of his jokes? <sighs> yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, Let's do. hear it. What is red, white, and blue? What? A sad candy cane. Okay. Mm. Number two. Mm. Do you have cue cards? Mm. He always looks to his left. That's because he's he's got a video of other comics. He's ripping what them off. He's young black, Carlos Mencia. Black, white, and red. Black, white, and red. A penguin that's embarrassed. All right, stop. Stop now. <laughs> Six months he told those to this, his parents. This is the problem. It's exactly like how if you happen to land a conversation with an extremely hot chick, all almost all guys would be like, oh, you're totally right. You're so insightful. Right. Yeah, because, <laughs> and you, and then that it plays into this, this whole theme where hot chicks begin to manipulate everybody because they, if you, you have your kid telling you that joke, you got to go slow, slow your roll, son. Uh, and that's not good. You need to go back. Be six. I understand. You can't tell him I it's appreciate not good. the effort. I, I do. I do to my daughter all the time. <laughs> I'll be like, there's no, there's no, there's no punchline there. You can't tell them, go back to the drawing board. But one time she actually, she brought me to my knees with the joke. It was so fun. She goes, Papa, why didn't the dinosaur cross the road? I go, why? She goes, well, they're all dead. They're extinct, you know, so he couldn't cross the road because dinosaurs are dead. She didn't say, why didn't the dinosaur cross the road? That would have made sense. I, I, I. I don't care. They're I mean, all dead. It, it was just the fact that that was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One more joke from our little boy. Let's go. All right. One all right. more. What is red, but what is black, white, and a penguin that's. What's a pirate's favorite letter? Ah! I'm okay with that one. See a pirate's favorite letter. I'm, I'm okay with that. What's your corniest joke? What's your worst joke? He asked him if he has a bad joke. Um, Hold on, this supports you. I don't think I have any bad jokes, but my sister has, like, awful ones. What are some of her awful jokes? What does a donut say when he hears something great? Donut awesome. I have to agree with him. His sister sucks more than his, (laughs) but... I don't he think I have think, any corny yeah, jokes. Oh, you think, got a lot of balls for a six-year-old, but you know, you wouldn't tell your daughter that that's not funny. I wouldn't directly say okay. like that's not funny, but I have many times gone. Well, we might need to work on that because that doesn't go anywhere, babe. You might, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I think you should go rethink that story that you, because there's let's a gem talk about of, the character and their development. Gem, yeah. There's a gem of something there, but I just think you need to refine it. Um, kids, obviously, been hit hard by the lockdown and, and the virus, but also senior citizens. Yeah. They need help. This old lady, in particular, knows she needs help. She does something about it to make sure that her neighbors know that. Check it out. A 93-year-old Pennsylvania woman is making a plea for help. She needs help replenishing one all-important provision during the time of corona. <laughs> 
What is that you ask? <laughs> Booze, obviously. Look at this picture here. That's 93-year-old Olive Veranosi from Seminole, Pennsylvania. She's doing her part to stay home and stay safe. She's sending this message to her neighbors and to her daughter. Please help out uh, and send wine, send booze. In her specific case, she needs some Coors Light yeah. and some beers, which she's like, asking for. Come on. Honestly. Honestly. 93 years old. She's not like, I need food. Oh, and also, could you get a Coors Light? <laughs> I have Postmates. I can order food. I can get to the grocery store to deliver. Bring me Coors Light. I also love that she's drinking Coors Light like she's Kid Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she's not drinking like old lady stuff. She may have been drinking Coors Light for 60 years. You don't know. F yeah. <laughs> F yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's not like I love her too. In the in the window holding a sign, I need beer, just smiling like, ha, ah, here's my beer can. Let's do it. Do you have any follow-up on the amount of beer that she got? Because she died of cirrhosis. I, like would, four guess. Days. <laughs> I would guess that she got a ton of beer. I thank all my neighbors. Wouldn't for you help. <laughs> wouldn't you have stopped and dropped off some Coors Light for her? This is not for effect. If I was walking through my neighborhood and I saw that lady in the window with that sign. I would get like seven cases of beer. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right to her house. Yeah. I, and by the way, she's got a hoarder's house now that's just The Miami Heat is bringing fans Hold on with the Miami Heat, for relax. God's sakes. What's happening? Jesus. Far be it from me to encourage drinking. But if you're 93, right, go, whatever. go to town. Whatever you, know you want what I'm like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right. All right. Now we're going to talk about the Miami Heat. Um, yes. Did you know... That COVID has a smell. I did not. I've had it twice. I knew that it takes away your smell. I'm, no, no, no. I mean, it has a smell that if you're highly trained, like a dog, you can sniff out COVID. Mm. This is... <laughs> Rudy might need to come back. <laughs> this is an actual story about the Miami Heat, and they've trained dogs because they want to let fans back in. And they've trained these dogs to sniff out COVID. And two things they can tell before a test would, and they can tell before you have any symptoms. Dude, that's amazing. So let's watch this video and think about that. That's crazy. The Miami Heat is bringing fans back and getting creative in how they keep everyone safe from the coronavirus. COVID-sniffing dogs will now greet fans <laughs> before they enter the arena. These special canines are able to smell a unique scent the virus makes people produce. NBC News correspondent Sam Brock joins us now from American Airlines Arena in Miami. Sam, just another, we were talking about COVID tongue earlier. Now there's a special smell, just another one of these weird things that happens with COVID. But I know you were at the game against the Clippers where they unveiled this new team of dogs. What was the process like? How'd it go? Yeah, look, this is a big deal, Savannah. Good morning, because it's the first professional sports team in any sports league, you name it, basketball, baseball, football, any of them, to actually unveil this technique. COVID-sniffing dogs, they do detect a scent. There's apparently a metabolic change in your body when you get the virus, and the virus itself also has, according to experts, its own scent. So that's what they're predicating this entire process on, and it's pretty neat to see it in real time. I'm standing right now on the side of American Airlines Arena on a street that runs nearby it. The fans would basically come up where I am. All right, all right, hold up. down this road. Hold up right the there. Air. Hold up right there. Uh, yes, Rudy. All right, Pool. <laughs> 
Like maybe I'm glad you're back. Maybe the underwear was not not there. It was not fully mira fleshed out. Okay. Pero dogs put them at the the <laughs> nightclub by the red red velvet rope. Just a little sniff to the lady parts, like, and dog be like, or like, or like, you know. It doesn't hurt the dog. No, but how do they tell you that the the COVID's there? They sniff and they go like in circles or no, some shit the, like that. You'll see. I'm saying they do the same thing, but for I got you. gonorrhea or the la crabs. You seem to be know. worried a lot about this. I'm just look. I've been burned too many times. Literally, <laughs> you know, where I'm standing in the in the bathroom looking in the mirror like, what have I done? You know, my pito looks like Freddy Krueger. And like, I just don't want young men to... You care about young men. I care about young men. That's a nice. Lot. That's you nice. You know what I'm saying, Paul? All right, there's more to this video. Now, this guy, I'm not positive why, but he has to take us through what it's like to be a fan and to stand in line. He describes it in great detail. End of this street right here, and then curve around, you see the tents over my shoulder. On the other side of those tents are barricades, and what the officials here would do is bring people in in line formations on two different sides. You're looking at probably about 10 to 15 fans per line, and there's little spots, I don't know if you can see it over here, where they're supposed to stand about six feet apart, at least, if not a little bit more, and it stretches all the way up and down here, and what would happen, Savannah, is you'd have people on one side of the line, they would unleash the hounds, two dogs, they'd come and sniff them, they literally just walking by, and people are standing there like this, and suddenly they see a little dog on the side of their arm, and they pop up like that, and the dog just keeps on going. If the dog just walks right by you, you're good. If the dog sits there, and just stops, that means they detect COVID-19. And the thing about that is that animals can detect the scent of that before you would even test positive or even experience symptoms. So here's Mike Larkin from Global Canine Protection talking about this whole scent process and how it works. Everything has an odor and some things make that odor unique. So if you can create or find a unique characteristic in anything, you can train a dog to detect it. And Savannah, Mike compared this to like a pasta sauce where, you know, it has its basic ingredients, tomato, basil, salt, garlic. If you were to tease out certain things, so there was a unique imprint to just that sauce. That's kind of what they're doing with the virus. Pause, and pause video, leave video up. <laughs> tell me, tell me that the female anchor doesn't look like Kristen Wiig doing Oh, she does. Uh, doing a character. She does, yes. Like if she was to do like the the cheese ball morning rate uh, morning news lady, <laughs> that is it. You know, like I if you told me that was Kristen Wiig, I'd be like, oh, seriously? Yeah. Except for she would be a lot funnier when he says, think about pasta sauce. Because yeah. now I'm thinking, do I smell like pasta sauce? Yeah. I have what are you trying to insinuate? <laughs> Did you smell my breath this morning? <laughs> Here's more of the video. <laughs> the dogs to smell it. Savannah? That is amazing. Now, Sam, this is certainly much cuter than All a right. rapid test, but can this actually be a better tool than those rapid tests or a temperature test, you know, for large arenas and stadiums? It's far more efficient, that's for sure. The studies wow. show that it's about 95% effective 
which would be about what you would get with a PCR test. So the accuracy is very high, but think about what they're doing. Instead of executing this over the course of, of minutes, perhaps, which is what you would see at an airport, or a day with a normal test, maybe 30 minutes with a rapid test, this is going on in a matter of seconds. The executive vice president for business and strategy for the heat broke that down for us. How crazy is that? It's Sam, thank you That's so good. much. We don't need what a neat report. And th thank you for the demonstration also of how the line works. All right, we don't <laughs> need I gotta, more. I got to agree with Savannah. <laughs> that, uh, that is amazing. My, my sister married a, a man who owns a drug-sniffing agency, a privatized oh, really? drug-sniffing agency. And he, what these dogs are capable of, it's really remarkable. Um, Imagine being in Miami and the crowd is coming into the stadium and the dog, you know, the guy says, oh, you have cocaine. Fine. Go on yeah. in. Cocaine. Fine. Go on in. Oh, hold up. Yeah. No, COVID. Miami, Miami, the wrong place to like mix up the dogs. If you had the drug sniffing <laughs> dogs, it just dies, just keels over and dies just kilos of yayo at the, at the heat game. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, I don't want to rip off the bandaid of the uh, old wound. For you cat people out there, but cats can't do this. Mm, Never, ever once has there been a anything positive sniffing cat. Okay, <laughs> never once ever bomb sniffing dogs that save millions of lives, burrowing dogs that help Marines in the desert, uh, uh, police dogs that do so much. These COVID dogs. Uh, like, do I need to go on longer? Thank you. Um, so uh, celebrities have been chipping in in any way they can. I think uh, there's been some mistakes with uh, celebrities trying to do kind things sure. during COVID. Sure. But uh, this one really warmed my heart. And it's from Austin, Texas. And there's a, a collection of uh, famous, you know, really famous Texans. This might be the most famous Texan right now. He decided that he was going to chip in by giving his time to a couple of senior citizens at an old folks home that has been very committed to keeping the senior citizens entertained during this lockdown. Check it out. We got an I-24, I-24. Oh! Richard Blutch is waving a hammer up high. Well, we got Charles Kings in the iPad up high. We got two winners. <laughs> so Matt McConaughey, is hosting virtual uh, Zoom bingo for an old folks home. The old folks actually reached out to him. Long time you'll see. Make my dream come true. Come and see me. You'd be a whole lot cooler if you did. See? <laughs> so McConaughey dials up, gets the Zoom going. And he got all the people in the facility. He's like, let's, let's play some bingo. And they played for a couple hours. Look, this is the uh, other people at the facility, the, the actual employees dancing from a distance. They're to entertain really, them? Yeah, they're really committed to making sure that these senior there citizens There is can, a oh, green ahead. light on the other side of this red light that we're in right now. And I believe that green light is going to be built upon the values that we can enact right now. We want to uh, continue to turn a red light into a green light. So there it is, man. Have you ever done that? Turned a red light into a green light? No, no, I, I've called bingo. Uh, I played bingo and never called it. For old people. Oh, that's nice. Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them, 
All right, listen, the group I had, I did it with Bean, my partner at uh, K-Rock in Los Angeles. Most of the people there had a hard time hearing. Now, that's yeah. not their fault, yeah. right? Yeah. But what? I-24. What was that? I-24. <laughs> <laughs> it, took us, it took us about a day and a half to get through a game. Oh, those poor people. But, you know, it's so sweet. I really do like people under 10 and over 80. Yeah. That's agreed. like my. That's They're the same people. <laughs> <laughs> no pretension. Nope. Uh, but good on Matt, Matt McConaughey. You know, like I've had a, the luxury of talking to a lot of celebrities, you know, interviewing them either in red carpets or, or uh, for different TV shows and stuff. He is genuinely one of the more interesting and, and personable people that I've had the luxury of talking to. Um, so there you go. Awesome, Matt. All right. Uh, do you have an outro for today? Because uh, if you enjoyed today's show, I'm going to say this slowly, Mike. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and subscribe and uh, maybe tell your friends about it so that they can find it and subscribe as well. Please do. It's a great way to inject some positivity in your life. Kevin and I always feel better doing the show. We really hope you feel better viewing it or listening to it. And as Kevin said, subscribe. <laughs> Outro! You know what I'm talking about, bro! So, say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues Cause Kevin and Mike just rocked you off with brand news See you tomorrow Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news Nice